to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational, brought to you by Mountain Mama's a non-profit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. Ching! <laughs> My name is Emily Hacken, and I'm running solo without Debbie today. She has to do great and amazing things for the world. She's doing amazing things. <laughs> Um, but today I brought back my wonderful friend, Erin Pine. Um, we have done adventures for 20 years, and she's back again this week to share the rest of our story um, about floating the Escalani River and then our subsequent um, adventure in Egypt. Um, this is not the country Egypt, it's the Slot Canyon Egypt, the first time we have ever been hopelessly lost in the desert. So stay tuned. All right, so Erin is um, a mom of three beautiful kids. She's married for how many years? 17. Yeah. She works at the family business, Normandy Knives, where they make these really cool... How would you describe those they're knives? Ca they're called out-the-front knives. Like you push the button and the knife, the blade comes out. So, um, yeah. So, so cool. And you do fulfillment for them. And then I want you to share just with our audience your incredible passion about biking. You are our, for Mountain Mamas, Erin is our gear guru, but she's also our lead guide for road biking specifically. And yeah, why bikes? Why do you love it? Why bikes? Um, this could be a separate podcast all on its own <laughs> um, because I could start back from my childhood and my, and my love uh, for, for freedom. Um, essentially, that's what biking uh, was for me. It became a source of freedom. And it's just evolved over the years. I enjoy all kinds of biking, road biking, mountain biking, fat tire biking, e-biking. Yes, I e-bike too. <laughs> um, and and now I've gotten into um, fixing up bikes, learning the components and and the mechanics of it. And it's um, just been a fascinating world to me. Yeah, like you share so many gems and tips and stuff on our Facebook page. And the women are always asking me, like, what would Erin say about this bike? What would she say about this bike part? What would she, you know, and yeah, you just are like this wealth of knowledge. We have an awesome bike company, Fizari, that's in, in our county. And they have so many cool things. And, and you also volunteer for the Bike Collective that's um, that kind of refurbishes old bikes for to help kids have bikes to ride that are safe. And I feel like... Spring has come and you are off the ski slopes and ready to ride. Indeed. <laughs> well, we wanted to share this incredible story. Um, if you didn't hear last week's episode, um, we went down in 2005, May, um, to float the Escalani River because rumor had it that the spring runoff was peaking and it was insane. So it went from a river of 5 to 10 CFS um, cubic feet per second, like a trickle to 300 and it was raging and it was epic. We should have died, <laughs> but we didn't know any better. And I think we had some divine help. So check out that episode if you haven't heard it yet. So at the end of that trip, we, the river was going so incredibly fast that we did 83 miles, I think in three and a half days on the river and we had expected to be four, maybe four and a half days on the river. So we finished a bit early. So when we got all our kayaks and everything back into our vehicles, we were heading back out on a road called Hole in the Rock Road, which is like 50 miles of washboard. It's super not fun. 
And we thought, we have half a day. We should do some other adventure while we're out here. And we had heard about a canyon, a slot canyon called Egypt. And I think there's even Egypt 1, Egypt 2, Egypt 3. I don't know. I don't even know which one we did. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't know which one we did. <laughs> we know. I think we just saw the sign. And, I think we hey, did. Let's do that. That sounds fun. So we were in Aaron's. I think we left my car because my car would not have made it. We left my car at the trailhead. I'll hop into your SUV and headed down the road, which quickly deteriorated. It was like like rock coming into rock. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like... It would have been like an ATV trail. Yeah. I think that's how, I mean, it was insane. Like, because you're coming off a rock really steeply and then it would sharply go up again for the next section. And like, it was insane. I was like, we thought the road was bad. No, of course we kept going and it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, <laughs> we didn't have the, didn't have the wherewithal to think how we were going to get back out. But <laughs> we're like, well, we made it. Good. We, we finally made it to the trailhead for Egypt. I think there was a sign or something. So. We knew. And we, you know, we, we had just floated the river and gone up this sand dune and we were, um, one, we were exhausted, but yeah. two, we were excited to be done it and still alive from that experience. So we thought, surely, like, we're invincible now and we can do, we can do anything. <laughs> so we drop into this slot canyon and it was beautiful. It was just windy maze of Red Rock Canyons. I remember we had a blast. Just... It was, it was cool. There were some, some potholes that were filled with water which was refreshing they were walking through the stream in the mud up to our ankles you know there were some little frogs um, we decided it was just going to be a quick trip so we um, didn't bring a whole lot with us I think we had maybe a half liter of water <laughs> and a bag of peanut butter and some random items in a first aid kit was all we took and I think we had one long-sleeved uh, sweater between the three of us. Yeah, and we were there with our friend Catherine, who is a crazy adventurer just like us. So we start hiking down, and it starts to get dark. And we think, oh, we should probably turn around and go back the way we came. We thought that'd be easy enough. There wasn't any crazy obstacles or anything. But as we start heading back, it just got dark faster than we anticipated. And I remember you had taken, um, didn't you take like a GPS point for like the trailhead at the truck. So we knew where the truck was. We we Indeed. had the wherewithal to do that. Yes. And so we knew where the truck was, but as the night, like the darkness fell, we got lost because we realized you can't just go straight through a slot canyon or a maze of canyons um, because you're just going to get, you can, you, yeah, you don't know how to navigate the canyons. We had, we'd, at that point, we had kind of climbed up and we were on top of a plateau and there were lots of different drainages um, around us and we weren't quite sure which of the drainages we <laughs> we had come out of um, and in the darkness it was really hard to tell um, how to get down any any one of them and so I I remember at one point um, like we kind of knew the general direction of where the car was but we just couldn't figure out how to drop down into any of these that would ensure that we got back over there. I mean, we could drop into a canyon, but we don't know if you would be able to get out the other side and then go down into another canyon and out the other side down and, you know, yeah. And then it, I mean, it was dark too. So I, I remember we were like, well, let's take a rock and we'll drop it over the side and see if we hear it. And then we'll kind of be able to see, oh yeah, I could jump down that or or not, right? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, I totally remember that. And, and we're like trying to even guess if whether we heard anything or not. 
So anyway, we decided not to do it. It's probably a good thing. I know. If you think about the adventures you have, you're like, but we did make some good choices. It could have been way worse, right? We're here today. <laughs> this is why we've set up a training program and certain certain uh, skill sets that that we you know we bring to the table now because of all the ways that we've done things wrong. <laughs> Mount Mamas is so much safer because of like 20 years of us making moderately poor decisions, sometimes severely poor decisions. But yes, we're all so much smarter now. Yeah, and safer. The groups are so much safer. Yes. So anyway, so yeah, we decided we were going to just spend the night. That was a hard decision, I thought. It really was. Um, We were up on this plateau and, you know, in the the desert, there's there's just no protection um, from the elements up there. It was windy. It was cold. Yeah, cold. Um, And and it was kind of a gut um, sinking feeling to realize, man... We got to stay here overnight with with a, nothing, a bag of peanut butter and some sips of water. Um, it was yeah, no sleeping bag, no tent, no extra layers. Yeah, um, it, it was it was yeah, a somber feeling to to be like, I've never been in this situation before. I've never had to camp out unprepared for a camp out. Yeah. It was just like in a survival situation. In a survival situation. Which I thought was hilarious because Kath, we said that, like, we've never camped out. We've never been lost in the woods and had to spend a night. And Catherine's like, really? Yeah. You haven't? <laughs> She's had it happen so many times because Catherine, bless her heart, has very, or at the time, she's amazing now, but at the time had very poor directional sense and was always getting lost on all her adventures. She couldn't even find her own car in the parking lot. <laughs> or remember what her car looked like. It was pretty bad. It was pretty awesome. So she was like, But she oh. was fun. Oh my gosh. she's And she was an iron, well, she later became an iron man athlete. Um, I almost went pro or did go pro. Anyway, she was fierce. Um, she still is an amazing woman. But directions at the time were not her strong suit. So yeah, so she had been lost a few times. So that brought some calm, I think, to me. It was like, oh, well, Catherine survived overnight in the desert or wherever she's been. <laughs> like, we can do it. And we ended up being lucky. We found um, in our... So of course, you take inventory of like, what have we got here? And we did have a flashlight or a headlamp or something. Um, and we had matches. We had the bag of peanut butter. I don't know what else we had. Not much. And then the water. It was something minimal. So with the light, with the matches, yeah, we didn't even have a lighter. I don't know. We With the matches, we found a juniper tree, which luckily hadn't rained in a long time. So it was very dry. And we collected wood around the area and some of the wood under the juniper. And we started a fire. And did we actually start the juniper? I don't feel like we started the juniper on fire, but we used a lot of that tree. Yeah, we yeah, we just used the deadfall. Yeah, underneath it. We were trying to be eco-friendly, even in our survival situation. (laughs) But I remember being under the juniper. It provided a little break from wind and things like that. Um, And we literally just, like, took turns trying to sleep for a couple weeks. It was like a... um, Oh, and we had had the peanut butter that we had to eat. We each took turns eating peanut butter out of that little Ziploc. Is that right? Which is not a pleasant experience. (laughs) But I, yeah, we would, we would have two people maintain the fire. So one person was in charge of, of feeding the fire all night long. The second person awake was in charge of keeping that person awake. 
and the third third person was allowed to sleep. I think we did an hour shifts and out in hour shifts, and we would rotate around. Mm-hmm. Which when it was your hour to finally sleep, you're you're laying down on hard red rock, and it is not comfortable. And even though you're so exhausted, you're you're also cold and <laughs> paranoid. And you there were little creepy crawlies all over. I feel like there was always something crawling on me. You feel like I was a scorpion. <laughs> that was a long night. That was a long night. Very long. So when the sun came up, we were even we were even more exhausted than than before. But <laughs> what you know, at the same time happy, like, oh now we can, we survive. We can see again. And... I feel like the hardest part of nights are like between two and four AM. Because I feel like that's the coldest part. And it's so dark and so cold and miserable. And by then you're exhausted and yeah, and you feel like it's never going to end. And then five o'clock happens and you start to see that like pastel color on the horizon. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to live. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Nothing has eaten us. We haven't frozen to death. There's a chance. Yeah. Oh, it was so beautiful to see that. Yeah. So we... I mean, we didn't have any breakfast or, you know, anything. So we just uh, stomped out our little flame and uh, decided we were going to go back the way we came um, because we weren't quite sure of the trail ahead. Anyway, we were hiking up on this plateau and trying to retrace our steps, trying to figure out which drainage we went back down. And I don't remember how long it was, but we... We are out there for a while, hiking around, trying to navigate. We had our pinpoint of where the car was on the GPS, but still not able to navigate the terrain um, to drop down into a drainage to actually make it over there. So at one point, uh, we found some footprints in the sand. And I remember thinking, oh, thank goodness, like this is part of the main trail because there's a lot of footprints around, like... Yay! Like, okay, let's just keep following these. This is going to be great. And then we ended up back at our same little... <laughs> it was our footprints, was it? it? Was I our, don't we remember were, that. We were following our own footprints. <laughs> <It's> like classic. <laughs> we we ended up back at our, at our little fire. And it was at that point where I was just... I was just done. Oh, man. Like, I didn't know that. I, I, I kind of... <laughs> Something kind of snapped in me, like, are you serious? Am I this dumb that I just walked in a giant circle and found my my place from last night all over again? How is this possible? I just I just felt like a, an utter income poop. <laughs> I don't, how did we find, because in my journal, I had gone back and read this, and it's like, and we looked around and found the drainage that we came out and hiked back out. And that's what I remember. Like, how did we find the drainage? Did we just wander around a little bit further and I, I saw think, it? I think recognize we, something eventually? I think I think we decided, all right, we need to be a little bit smarter about this. So just follow any footprint in the yeah. desert. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, by some miracle, um, I think we decided to keep going. Instead of going back, to just keep going forward. Mm-hmm. And then that led us kind of to what would maybe be the northern side of the of the trail, mm-hmm. the wash and all that. Yeah, um, and that that led us quite easily back. 
to the trailhead after. There's no people die 100 feet from their car, you know, and everyone's like, so what the world are they thinking? So true. We, we rejoiced uh, seeing the car again. I think I, I'm pretty sure I cried. Um, it was amazing. We were, and we were so glad that you had taken that GPS point. So we at least knew where we were generally trying to go. Yeah. And then we still had to drive out that heinous road. Did you drive? Did I drive? Who? Catherine drove. Oh, my gosh. Catherine wanted to drive. <laughs> She's a thrill seeker. <laughs> and I was just so done, uh, even though it was my car. I was just like... Just... Yeah, your truck. It wasn't a car. It was a truck. Well, it was an SUV. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. She, Emily calls it a truck. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I let her drive it out because I was just so physically, emotionally um, done. Um, and I fell asleep. Oh, on that ride on that out, roller coaster. on that roller coaster road, <laughs> I actually fell asleep because oh, I was you. so worn out. Yeah. And Catherine did awesome. She navigated us out of there and we didn't break anything massive that I know of. <laughs> She's awesome. So we hit the hole in the rock road, grabbed the car. So hole in the rock road meets highway 12 in Utah, which is the most beautiful scenic road in all of Utah, by the way. So we hit that, head south. Go to Escalani. Because civilization. at this point, we're like, we are so hungry. Like, man <laughs> yeah. cannot live off of peanut butter alone, <laughs> even though I love a it. A tablespoon or whatever <laughs> we'd had. Yeah. And we found an awesome restaurant. I remember, we can't remember the name of it, but. Yeah. Just ordered whatever, you know, to our heart's content and ate and ate and ate. And it was amazing <laughs> to have to have solid food. <laughs> solid food it was. <laughs> Cooked and warm food. Yeah. So we went to pay for our food, and I was $5 short. And this was significant only because on the drive down, when we'd filled up for gas, there was some lady uh, begging for gas money, and I gave her $5. So my, my good deed left me in a, <clears throat> in a bit of a pickle. Uh, in the end, um, but kudos to that um, restaurant owner. They, you know, they forgave it. We we offered to go drive back to your car because um, we had more money there. But that was, you know, a little bit of a drive and, and come back and, and pay that five dollars. And and they were just, um, I think they, I think they maybe smelled us <laughs> and saw what we looked like. And they're like, yeah, don't come back. <laughs> no, but but they forgave um they forgave the debt and every every time I go back to Escalani I try to remember which the Aww. restaurant was so that I can go in and thank them and and say I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was epic. I feel like this was the first time. I feel like this is the only time in our 20 years that we've actually had to spend a survival night. Yeah. Unprepared. Yep. And because of this um experience and some other near misses. We, as part of Mount Mamas, actually have a whole survival course. I don't know. It's like a half a day thing that we do. And this year, we're actually going to do an overnight survival alpine um, trip. So the women are going to be able to learn some survival skills and then try their wits and skills as they're um, on their own and, and see how they do. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> We've never done it before. <laughs> Every person needs to know how to survive a night in the desert, the woods, wherever they're going to be, and how to make good choices and not be so scared, you know, so. Well, thank you so much, Erin, for sharing your story with us today. I'm so glad you came. You bet. All right. Well, to hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Erin, 
Um, click the subscribe button and listen to us, share us with your friends. Um, those of you guys listening overseas and in other countries, we're so glad to have you listening. We'd love that you're here and can share just a little part of our world and our adventure. And I know you're out having your own adventures out there. Keep doing it. And we, um, we just love supporting women and getting women outside. And if you want to check us out here um, at mtmamas.org, that's our website. There's tons of stuff here, people who are local. But even if you want some skills on how to do survival, um, we have a page under activities that has survival. And you can just see videos that we love, gear that we love, all those kind of things. Check it out on the website. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains. Or in the desert. <laughs>